Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or about anything else going on in your life. If you would like to talk, we'd love to hopefully answer some of your questions and talk with you, and we'd love to pray for you. If you have a prayer request, do give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. And you can also text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, that text line is 720-336-0897. We want to welcome all of you who are listening uh, here in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM. So glad that you tuned in today. And we also want to welcome those who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, and those listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and into parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. It's been amazing and and encouraging watching God grow this ministry and uh, being picked up at different uh, parts of the country, put on the air there. So we are so glad that you are tuning in wherever you're tuning in from. Just a quick reminder that those of you listening here in Colorado and Wyoming, you're here in the show live right now, but you on the East Coast and in the Appalachian region, you are hearing the show on a one-week delay. And what that means for you guys on a one-week delay, it means that you have kind of a unique opportunity. You get to call in and then you get to tune in the following week and you get to listen to yourself on the radio. But just a heads up that uh, if you're listening there, it's a one-week delay, so keep that in mind. Uh, But we still uh, would love to hear your questions and would love to answer them on the air. So do give us a call. The number is 303 Six nine zero three thousand. That's three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Or text us at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Just a few words about myself. My name is uh, Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, and our church meets in downtown Longmont. So we are just at the corner of Longs Peak and Kaufman. For those of you. Uh, familiar with Longmont. We're right at the northwest corner of Longs Peak Avenue and Kaufman Street, right on the edge of Roosevelt Park. And that means we're just one block west of Main Street, or 287 here in Colorado. So that's 287 Main Street here in Longmont. And we're just one block west on uh, Longs Peak and Kaufman at the St. Vrain Memorial Building. The address is 700 Longs Peak Avenue. And um, like I said, northwest corner of Longs Peak and Kaufman. We would love to have you come visit uh, our church or worship with us. If you have friends or family in the Longmont area, do send them our way. We would love for them to be a part of what God is doing at Whitefields. Our website uh, for directions, information, you can go on there and listen to some of our past messages and kind of catch up, meet our staff, that kind of stuff. You can find us online at whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. Dot com, and you can also find us on social media. We are all over 
the internet. So just uh, on all your favorite social media channels, just go and find us. We're on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all over there. So just type in Whitefields Church and all of those or whitefieldschurch.com and you'll find us right away. You can also hear me every weekday on uh, Grace FM at 2.30 p.m. Mountain Time and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. So that's every weekday at 2.30 and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Our show is called Life in the Field and what that means is uh, that we are uh, living our lives on God's mission field. I see I have one quick text question asking, are we on Pinterest? The answer is no. So maybe we should be on Pinterest. I don't manage those uh, social media uh, handles, but uh, it's probably because I don't go on Pinterest and the person who does handle it is a man. And I don't know. I know there's some men on uh, Pinterest, but um, I don't know. Maybe we need to get on there. I don't know. Maybe let's let's find out. Uh, if you want us to be on Pinterest, send me a bunch of text messages to our text line and tell us that you would follow us on Pinterest and maybe we'll see what we can do. That text line is 720-336-0897. Hey, this coming Sunday, today is Good Friday. It's the day when we remember that Jesus was crucified on a Roman cross 2,000 years ago. Today is also, uh, you know, this is the Passion Week right now. We're remembering Jesus' final week in Jerusalem, the week which the Gospels spend the most time on relative to how much time they devote to the rest of Jesus' life. They focus in on this week, which began with Palm Sunday and Jesus entering the city of Jerusalem, going down into the temple, surprising everybody by not uh, arranging a revolt against the Romans, but actually overthrowing the tables of the um, money changers and those who were using religion and using people's piety as a way to get sordid gain. Jesus flipped over those tables and said, you know, this is my father's house. It's a house of prayer and you've made it a house of thievery. Um, then, you know, that we know that Jesus spent that week teaching his disciples there. He was there on the Mount of Olives. He was there in the city teaching his disciples. On Thursday, they gathered uh, in the upper room for the Passover meal, and he was arrested that night. On Friday, he was crucified, and he passed away before the sun went down. And uh, that's what we remember today. Remember those uh, seven sayings that Jesus said on the cross and most specifically remember the final one which Jesus said, it is finished. This glorious three words. Uh, one word in the original language declaring it is finished. The, the work that he came to do to justify us, to redeem us, to forgive our sins, to make us right with God, to give us eternal life, it was finished. And then on Sunday, we're going to celebrate his resurrection. The fact that we can have eternal life because Jesus rose from the dead, the first fruits of those raised from the dead. This Sunday, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to be preaching on Acts chapter 13. I've never preached on Acts 13 uh, as an Easter text, but I was reading this, uh, you know, earlier this year and just thinking, what am I going to uh, preach on for Easter, and I came across Acts 13, and it was just like, wow, I got to talk about that. Acts 13, you know, um, it talk, Paul presents the gospel, but especially focuses on the resurrection of Jesus and says it's by his resurrection that we can become children of God, we can be forgiven, we can be justified, and then we're going to go and we're going to look at uh, Ephesians chapter 2 and talk about why you and me need a resurrection. 
because Jesus was resurrected, we can be resurrected from the dead too. And that's the hope of the gospel. So I can't wait to preach this Sunday. Hey, if you uh, are in the Longmont area, do join us. We have services. Usually we have service at 10 a.m. on Sunday. But for Easter, we're having two services, 8.45 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. So 8.45 and 10.30. Our 8.45 service is a family service with a um, nursery and uh, wiggle room for kids. But uh, the 10.30 service will have our full children's ministry, which is birth up to through middle school, eighth grade. And uh, we'd love to have you join us. So 8.45 or 10.30, join us at Whitefields Community Church in Longmont. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. One last thing, and then we'll go to our callers, is this, that tomorrow we are having a big outreach here in Longmont. So a uh, couple things on that. Grace FM is going to be there. Um, we're really excited. I was just talking to the producer, Kevin, here, and he was telling me he just loaded up the Grace FM van. They're going to be bringing 2,000 T-shirts up to Longmont. So if you love T-shirts and you love Grace FM, which I'm guessing you do, and that's why you're tuned in right now, uh, then definitely come up to Longmont, bring your kids. We're going to be having our Easter festival. It's our big outreach through which we share the gospel with the community, but we also have a great time with all the kids and with families. We'll have you know inflatable um, slides and mazes. We're going to have face painting, crafts. We're going to um, have a coffee truck there uh, for all of you adults. We're going to have a puppet show that shares the gospel, and we're going to have an Easter egg hunt for the kids to have fun. So lots of great stuff going on. We'll have other handouts there as well. Um, we're expecting quite a lot of people. It's in Roosevelt Park, which is the city park here in Longmont, right downtown. And our church building is adjacent to Roosevelt Park. So uh, it's a great location for it. And we'd love to just fill up the park with uh, lots of families having a great time. So two things I want to ask from you who are listening. Maybe, maybe I'm actually going to say three things. Okay, three things that I'm going to ask from you who are listening. Hey, if you're in the Longmont area or, or you, you don't have kids and you're within driving distance, then come on out and spend the morning with us tomorrow at uh, Roosevelt Park in Longmont. Secondly, if you're like, hey, um, I, I don't know if I'm, you know, I don't have kids that age or or maybe you just say, hey, I would love to come and I would love to volunteer and serve at that outreach. This is actually the biggest outreach of this kind in this whole area up here. And so if you just love to come and serve with us, we can always use more hands. Um, you know, we have a lot of stuff to move around. and We have uh, you know, stuff to set up and show up at 8 a.m. tomorrow. And you can just help us set up and get going. And it's just a great way that you can serve and be part of this work um, of spreading the gospel um, in this area of Colorado, Boulder County, and into uh, Southwest Weld County and Southern Larimer County. So um, we'd love to have you. If you'd love to serve, show up tomorrow at 8 a.m. Roosevelt Park in Longmont, and we will put you to work for the Lord's service. And finally, if you're not able to come out um, to serve with us, I just ask that you pray for us. Would you pray that God uses this outreach, not just to give the community a, a great time together. Um, we want that too. But would you also pray that God uses this to get the clear message of the gospel really uh, to people here in our community. And then uh, pray for our Easter services on Sunday morning. We would love to see those just full and we're going to be uh, presenting the gospel just clearly and we're praying for the power uh, of the Holy Spirit to work through everything we do. So Thank you for that. Let's go to our callers. 
Let's go to William in Denver, Colorado. Hi, William. Welcome to the program. William. All right. Maybe I lost William. Sounds like sounds like he's there. But let's go to our next caller, Dave in Inglewood. Hi, Dave. Yeah, Welcome hi, to the program. Nick. How you doing? I'm doing well. So I had a question that uh, something I've been wrestling with for a little while now in my younger years after being uh, baptized as an adult and being very zealous in my faith, I made the choice to get a tattoo of Jesus and some Aramaic scripture, and I'm concerned that that could possibly turn into an idol in that it's considered a graven image. So I just wanted some biblical counsel on that. Yeah, you know, it, it can also be considered art. So I think that's the only thing, a graven image. You know, an idol represents something. I think this is the other thing to remember about idols, that all of the idols, whether they were graven image, by the way, graven means engraved. It means like shaped with tools. So that I don't think that that would actually be directly uh, applicable to like a picture or a tattoo. But um, remember that all of those statues, all of those, you know, whether it's an image that people prayed to, things like that, they represented something. Right, So you can go through all the Greek pantheon and all of those gods represented something that people want. Like, So you had goddesses of um, allure, physical desire. You had goddesses, gods of war and power. Uh, you had those who were about prosperity and material wealth or those who were about fertility because fertility was so important uh, beyond just physical allure um, in, in the ancient world especially. And so, I mean, if you look at that, when people would go to worship those gods or goddesses or bow down before those altars, it was there were certain things that they were pursuing by doing that, right? So if you're pursuing success, for example, the there was this Canaanite god called Molech. And the way they would worship Molech is that they would literally sacrifice their firstborn child. That's where we get that terminology in our modern vernacular. And so, you know, they would go there and they would... Um, not just bow down just to worship some vague sense of there's a there's a deity behind this. They would go there to worship that deity in order to get something from the deity which the deity represented. And that's really, really important for a lot of reasons. Okay, so w let's start by talking about the first one. Um, people still do that today. We just don't have you know, statues that we bow down to. I mean, there are idol-worshipping religions. I think that Hinduism is a great example of this, where you actually have people bowing down to um, to literal idols. Um, but, you know, here in the West, um, in the Christianized or, you know, post-Christendom world, we don't um, have those kind of things, but we still are idolatrous, right? So Martin Luther was the one who really brought this uh, to, I think, you know, the modern mind where he, he said in his uh, large catechism, he did an exposition of the Ten Commandments. That's how it actually begins, the very first pages. And he says under the first commandment, you know, you shall have no other gods before me. He says that this is the greatest commandment uh, because it summarizes all the commandments. If you can keep this one commandment, you will intuitively keep all the others. But he said the others are in a way, descriptions of ways that people uh, 
commit idolatry. So he said anything we do that breaks the first commandment is idolatry because what we're doing is we're essentially worshiping or we're looking to something else other than God to give us what only God can give us. So in other words, uh, we do the same thing today, don't we? We, we worship um, sex, money, power, success, fertility, uh, all of these things. We still worship these things. We just don't attach an image to them. And I think there's a way in which we should give some credit to the ancient world is that at least they were honest about the fact that pursuing those things was actually a form of religion and worship. See, we do it in our day, but we think, okay, yeah, I'm pursuing, um, you know, whether it's material wealth or whatever it might be and we we say oh but that's just you know i'm just pursuing that i'm interested in it but it's not like i'm not like religious well well actually that you know what martin luther's saying what i believe the bible's saying is that that is indeed a form of religion you're seeking after something rather than seeking after god you're seeking after that thing to give you meaning and purpose and value in life and um so I just say that to to say this uh, that that's really the heart of idolatry, is that you're looking to something which represents something that you really want, that you're truly worshiping, and you're you're worshiping it through that thing. Now you could do that with a tattoo. Uh, I don't think that that I mean just we we haven't talked much, but it doesn't sound to me like that's what you're doing. But um, you could also do that with a car. You could do that with a child. You know, there are people who worship um, things related to family. They make an idol out of that. And so um, I don't think that a tattoo in and of itself is uh, considered idolatry. Okay, well, you know, that's uh, some really great points that you make. And uh, thank you for pointing out um, Martin Luther's, I think it was Luther who you mentioned, yeah. Uh, exposition on the Ten Commandments. Yeah. And it's certainly not the motivation on my heart. I don't pray or worship the tattoo specifically. Uh, I intended it just as an outward symbol and a very recognizable symbol of my faith in Jesus and my commitment to follow Him. Right. But I also wanted to be sure that it's not crossing any lines uh, with regard to idolatry that I wasn't previously aware of. Yeah, you know, another thing Martin Luther said, he said that the heart is an idol factory. Right? We make we make idols out of all kinds of things. But the key word there that I want to point out to you is the heart. That And here's the point. Idolatry begins in the heart. And so I um, I would just tell you that, you know, if, if there is any kind of idolatry, it's uh, beginning in your heart. So, you know, guard your heart against that. Absolutely. Well, I sure do appreciate your time and your counsel. Awesome. God bless you. Thanks for calling in. God bless. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We have all open lines right now, so give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. Well, if you um, if you're thinking about calling in, uh, we'd love to. I'd love to talk to some of you guys about Good Friday 
today. And uh, another thing that's been going on here in Colorado is, um, you know, these. Uh, we, this is a 20-year anniversary of the Columbine uh, shooting, and we've had some incidents even in this past um, past week. I guess tomorrow is the 20th anniversary of the Columbine shooting, and uh, and I know that today I I know it was right before I went on the show here there was an incident over at Brighton High School which um, I'd like to pray for before we go on. So let's pray for uh, Brighton High School. Heavenly Father, we pray for uh, Brighton High School and all the kids over there. Um, school we know the school was locked down uh, we know they said it wasn't an active situation but lord we do pray for the security of the kids there and the teachers at that school um, lord we pray that you would help the authorities really get to the root of what's going on and, and if there's an, a real threat lord we do just pray uh, for your protection over our little ones our kids and over the teachers who teach them and lord we we, we think about the this violence that um, Lord, it breaks our hearts. We look at it, it's one of those things that we look at and we say, we shake our heads and we say, this might be how it is, but this isn't the way that it's supposed to be. There's something wrong about this. And Lord, as we do that, we say with, uh, with our whole heart, Lord, may your kingdom come. May your kingdom come. We look forward to that day when, uh, as your word says, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of of our God, and he will reign forever and ever. And Lord, we long for that day when all things will be the way that you intend them to be. We thank you, Lord, that you've called us into your kingdom as believers. Um, but Lord, we do pray, may your kingdom come. And Lord, in the meantime, we ask that you'd have mercy on us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Calvary Live. We have all open lines right now. Give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. 690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897 for the text line. We had a caller earlier who um, couldn't hold, but he had a few questions. So let's answer those questions. I have them written down here. So William in Denver was asking these questions. Where did God come from? And then he had a follow-up question. So let's start with that one. Where did God come from? Well, William, as hard as this might be to wrap our minds around, um, God is without origin, right? So God um, has existed from eternity past, and he is the uncreated creator. He will exist for eternity to come. And um, that's the great truth. Now, that's really hard for us to uh, wrap our minds around because everything we know uh, and through experience and through ourselves, right, like, and, and through observation, is that everything has an origin. Well, uh, everything has an origin because everything has an originator, who is God, and that implies that God himself has no origin. So that's uh, what the Bible teaches. It's what we believe, uh, that God has no origin, and he has no uh, beginning. And he has no end. He is himself the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. So your second question there, William, was, are all your sins forgiven if you believe in Jesus? And the answer would be yes. See, one of the things about God being omnipresent, that also means that he's omnipresent when it comes to time. That means he is um, he's outside of time. And so what that means is that when Jesus died on the cross, all sins 
that were in the past at that time and all sins that were yet to come were atoned for. And yet, um, we know, right, that in order to be forgiven of our sins, we must receive the grace of God towards us. And we do that by believing. So we are saved by God's grace alone, and we receive it by faith alone. Those are some of our fundamental beliefs as uh, Christians, and we get those from like Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. It says, for by grace you've been saved, and this is not of your own doing. Um, it is the work of God so that no one can boast. And so um, I hope that answers your question. William. the answer is yes. Um, and so one of the questions I had uh, in a text message on last time I hosted a show, which was Wednesday, was somebody asked, you know, do you, what if you were to die without having the opportunity to confess your sins to God and yet you believe, would you be forgiven or must you, you know, go through the act of confession in order to be forgiven? Well, certainly we want to encourage, and the Bible encourages, that's why. So the Bible encourages us to confess our sins to God. And even some of our sins, we're encouraged to confess to other people uh, for accountability and for fellowship. But also, um, here's the thing, because our forgiveness is based on Jesus and what he did and our trust in that, right, our faith uh, in receiving his grace, um, then I believe the answer is, you know, if you were to hypothetically die without having the opportunity to confess and ask for forgiveness for a particular sin, uh, but you were a believer, I, I believe you would be forgiven. So, William, thanks for those questions and praying that God blesses you uh, as you walk with him. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air. We've got two open lines. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Michelle in Maryland. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to the program. Hello. Hi, Pastor Cady. Hi. Uh, my name is Michelle, and I'm... Um, I'm calling for um, the scripture in uh, Isaiah uh, 53 about Jesus when when, it, when the word says by Jesus stripes we were healed and um, because I'm calling because I need prayer because I couldn't go to church last Sunday because of my whole right knee swelled up on me and uh, I had a real burning sensation there and um, I'm I'm praying to uh, asking for to get the meaning of the scripture by Jesus. Christ, we were healed, and can you pray for me that God can heal my right knee because I'm up for a cortisone shot on uh, April 23rd, Lord willing, to get an injection in my right knee. Yeah. And and um, just need an understanding what the scripture says about in uh, Isaiah mm-hmm. uh, uh, chapter uh, 50, uh, by Jesus Christ, we were healed. What does that mean? Yeah. So... Uh, uh, as you may know, Isaiah 53 is is perhaps maybe the best example we have of a prophecy which predicts um, what we call substitutionary atonement, which means simply this, that Jesus died in our place to pay the price for our sins. And uh, mm-hmm. I'll just read you these couple of verses just because they're so beautiful and they're perfect for uh, Good Friday. It says this, yeah. uh, Isaiah 53, starting in verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. 
but he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and by his wounds we are healed. Uh, we have all, like sheep, gone astray and turned away every one to our own way, and the Lord has laid upon uh, him the iniquity of us all. Um, John, I have to put you on hold because we're going um, on our break. We have a mid-show break here. It's a two-minute break. If you'd love to hang out with me and uh, wait through that break, I want to answer your question really directly because it's a good question that a lot of people wonder about. Awesome. Thank you for holding. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie. We're coming up on our mid-show break right now. Uh, But we've got one open line and we've got our text line. We'd love to hear from you. The number is 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. We're going to be back right after this break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church uh, with you this Good Friday, taking your calls and texts on the air. Hey, right before the break, we were talking to Michelle in Maryland. So let's go back to Michelle. Hey, Michelle, thanks for holding. Yeah, hey, we, we were talking about this verse in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, that says, by his wounds we are healed. Um, and here's, here's what it means, Michelle. It means that uh, because of what Jesus did, we will be healed from that which is afflicting us. We'll be healed from the curse of sin and death. And the curse of sin and death is what we got ourselves into Back in Genesis chapter 3, remember when we rebelled against God and we did what he told us not to do? And uh, he told us, hey, don't eat from this tree because if you do, you're going to die. And we thought, well, let's do it anyway. So we did it anyway. And guess what? We brought a curse upon ourselves. We And, and that story isn't just Adam and Eve's story. That's our story. We've all lived out that story. And uh, as a result, it says that sin, death, sickness, pain... Um, a lot of bad stuff that was never meant to be came into the world. And that includes physical affliction. And I do believe that that verse does refer to uh, physical affliction, being healed from physical affliction. But here's the thing that I would kind of counterbalance that with. I think on the one hand, it absolutely does speak to um, Because of what Jesus did, he bore our afflictions, including our physical afflictions. In other words, by what he did, he made a way for us to be made whole again. He he made a way for the curse, which includes sickness, to be wiped away. And we read in the book of Revelation that in God's kingdom, there will be no more tears and no more sickness and no more death. So here's what that means, though. Does that mean that if we pray and ask for healing, that we're going to be healed every time? Um, Well, let's put it this way. Yes, but the question is, when will we be healed? Will we be healed immediately? In some cases, yes. Will we, who believe, be healed ultimately when we are in his kingdom? In every case, yes. Yes, amen. Praise the Lord. 
And I, I was needing that question because I, I thank the Lord for uh, bringing me and saving my life from being hit by a car in 2000. And I thank him that I'm still here by his grace and mercy because I crossed out in the crosswalk and the truck ran into me mm. when I was crossing the street. But I thank God that I'm still here, not by my own strength and might, but by his um Spirit that I say the Lord of hosts. I know I'm quoting the scripture, but I'm a living testimony that I'm still alive. <laughs> and yeah. I thank him. And uh, I'm still up for getting the doctors to look at me, analyze me, to give me injections in my right knee and, and injections in my left shoulder. Well, let's pray for your knee and for your shoulder. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Hey, one one last thought is that First Peter chapter 2 actually quotes that verse from Isaiah 53, and it quotes it. Mm-hmm in regard to uh, bearing up under afflictions. And what that means is that, um, you know, we who believe we will one day be healed. Sometimes we're healed here and now, but our hope is in that ultimate healing. Um, Because even if we're healed here and now, in a way, it's only temporary, isn't it? Because we're still going to, uh, our our bodies are still going to break down. We'll have other problems. So we look forward to that ultimate healing which he's brought for us. But let's let's pray for your, your shoulder and your knee right now. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, I pray for Michelle, and I, I thank you that, uh, Lord, she's looking to you in the midst of this difficulty. Um, Lord, how heartbreaking to have been hit by a car in the middle of a crosswalk and to ha- be having these problems. Lord, I pray for her that you would be with her, that you'd bring her comfort, that your presence would be strong with her, and that she would sense uh, that she'd sense it. Lord, like Paul prayed for the Ephesians, I pray you'd open up her eyes to see the enormous amount of spiritual blessings that she has because of who she is in Jesus. And Lord, I pray, uh, like First Peter chapter 2 talks about, about bearing up under afflictions, Lord, would you give her that strength by your presence. But Lord, I also pray for her healing. Lord, I pray that you would truly manifest your kingdom in her life today and that she would be healed from these afflictions. But Lord, ultimately, we look forward to that great day when there will be no more tears and no more pain uh, ever again. And we look forward to your kingdom. Thank you for the promise of that. Thank you, Jesus, that you made a way for that by taking our afflictions upon yourself and your body. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, pray that. Thank you for praying with me. Thank you, Pastor Katie. Um, you bet. Okay. God bless Thank you. Thank you so much. I do listen to uh, the Calvary Live as much as I can. <laughs> awesome. And awesome. God bless you, you Michelle. Uplifting and inspirational. Thank you so much, and God bless you. Have a good, good Friday weekend, and in the uh, resurrection power of Jesus, He is risen. And I Amen. just want to say Amen. thank. You. Amen. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Let's go to our next caller, Debbie in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Hi, Debbie. Welcome to the program. Hello. Yes. Um, given that it's the uh, weekend that um, we remembered Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection, I was wondering about um, why Joseph of Arimathea buried Jesus and didn't burn his body or cremate his body. Yeah, well, it wasn't the practice of Jews to cremate bodies. They would uh, bury them. Actually, I was just in Israel, and what's interesting is that they have these ossuaries all over the place. And so, like, you'll go to the Mount of Olives, which is just, you know, right next to the old city of Jerusalem. It's on the other side of the creek there, the Kidron 
Valley Creek there. And um, there, the whole hillside is covered with these ossuaries. And what an ossuary is, is that what the, how the Jewish people would do it is they would bury a body in, in a tomb, meaning they'd take it, you know, they'd put some embalming liquids on it, they would address it, and then they'd lay it in a tomb, which was usually a cave. And in fact, we even saw some tombs from the first century, and they were caves that you could walk into. And sometimes they had places for more than one person. And so they would cover that cave with a stone. But here's the interesting thing that I... I mean, I kind of knew, but I, it became really clear to me when I was there and saw it for myself. Um, a lot of these ossuaries that you'll see, like on the Mount of Olives, are much smaller than like a, a coffin. Like they're like half the size of a coffin or, or less than half the size of a coffin. And I was kind of wondering, how did they fit the bodies in there? Like they, did they fold them up or what did they do? Well, here's what they would do is that they would place the body in a tomb and then they would come back like a year, two years later, once the body had decomposed, and they would take the body out of that tomb and they would put it in an ossuary. And sometimes they would sometimes they would reuse that tomb. Now, not always, because I know that there was an issue with, uh, you know, dead bodies and uncleanness and all that. But um, they would generally take the bones out of the tomb and put them in an ossuary and then bury the ossuary somewhere, which is... Um, similar to, you know, kind of similar to what we do with um, cremation, but not completely. So the point being, why did they not burn Jesus' body? Well, um, because that wasn't their practice. Um, but let me let me answer let me ask you this question: If they had burned Jesus' body, could he still have resurrected on Sunday? Oh, sure, I know that he could. Yeah, I, just, I know, agree. Because I think that, yeah, um, not cremating or burning a body is a Jewish and a Christian, I don't know, symbol or type of thing. And um, I thought it also um, signified, you know, resurrection of the body. Uh-huh. So are you asking... You know, resurrect anything. I mean, you think about it; these bodies are thousands of years old. Whether they were originally burned or not, God can still resurrect them, and they're they're ashes. They're into the you know. Yes, I agree. <laughs> so, so are you asking if if uh, cremation is inappropriate for Christians? Well, I know that a lot of people have gone to that, including Christians and. Um, what little I've read about it historically after, you know, Jesus' resurrection that, um, you know, that was kind of a Christian uh, sign or thing that, you know, was, became, when they, or when people were Christianized, they buried rather than burned mm -hmm. <laughs> or yeah. cremated. From what I've read about history, I haven't. Right. Read that. Yeah. And but, so I guess what you're saying is that you don't believe that, there's anything necessarily, I mean, like, obviously, like, there were Christian martyrs who were burned, right? So it's not right, that God yeah. can't resurrect a cremated body. It's just that... Oh, I know God can resurrect, right. you know, anything. Yeah, so, <laughs> so you're just saying that it was a Christian symbol of hope in the resurrection that they buried bodies rather than burned them. Yeah. Yeah, it that was. may may well be the case. Yeah. 
I know we've had this question a lot on the show, you know, is it okay to, um, to cremate? And, you know, I, I think that, that at this point, what you're dealing with is a tent of a person. And like you said, God can resurrect, like, obviously these bodies, you know, they're dust now, right? We, from right, dust we came yeah. to dust we yeah, return. And, and like I said, there were Christian martyrs who were burned. So it's not that God can't resurrect a, of course he can. Um, sure. But uh, is it symbolic to bury the body? Perhaps. And perhaps that was a symbol for Christians um, in the past. I personally wouldn't uh, put any pressure on anybody today to do, to go either way. I kind of think that's one of those matters that we, we leave up to their, their conscience. And uh, that's one of those areas where I think God's given us freedom or we can choose. Right. But I just, you know, it was like, you know, they didn't burn Jesus' body, so I, you know, figured that that you know was a there was somewhat of a reason for that, and the yeah, Jews I mean, do it anyway. I, I'm not I sure did. that I would draw that line personally. I mean, uh, but okay. hey, I, I get your point, and I, I would just say, hey, if you uh, hold that view, then I would say keep holding that view, go for it, don't cremate anybody. Um, but I know that there are other people out there who would say, hey, I'm cremating because of financial reasons. I'm cremating because of uh, space reasons uh, yeah, or things no. like that. Or they but want the to scatter ashes. thing has shifted quite a bit from, anyway, what I understood of. True. You know, I mean, it is a bit, it would be almost similar to make, you could make a thousand other arguments about things that Jesus didn't do and then say that we didn't do them, we shouldn't do them. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. You know, Jesus never snowboarded. Jesus never ate cheeseburgers. Um, and yet I think we can use our um, our reason today. So I guess my point is I wouldn't put pressure on somebody not to cremate um, because of that. But I do get your point, and I think that it's a valid one, that perhaps it was a sign for early Christians of their belief in the resurrection of the body which I think is true. I think they did believe in that. So yeah, anyway. I just, you know, thought it was a, it pointed to resurrection and I guess of the body, but I was also thinking that, you know, pagans back then were the ones that burned bodies. And so it was, a, you know, more of a pagan practice and it was anyway. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I get your point. Yeah. But thank you for your call. I appreciate it. God bless okay. you. Have All a good, right. good Friday. Bye-bye. Listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. Hey, today is Good Friday. I wanted to read you a quote uh, from John Stott that I thought was particularly good and particularly relevant for our Good Friday today. And here's what John Stott says. He says, The essence of sin is that we substitute ourselves for God. We put ourselves where only God deserves to be. That's the essence of sin. But the essence of salvation is that God substitutes himself for us. God puts himself where we deserve to be. That's the essence of salvation. I thought that was so good and so perfect. So that is what we are celebrating today on Good Friday. And uh, we would love to uh, talk with you about that or any other questions you have. Give us a call. The number is 303 six nine zero three thousand that's three oh three six nine zero three thousand or text us at seven two zero 
336-0897. We've got 14 minutes left in the show, and we'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, let's go over to our text line. And we had one question that I want to uh, get to. Yeah, so we have a question here that says this. My cousin is getting married in September. She's a lesbian. I've been struggling with whether or not I should attend. I know I don't love her any differently for her choices. I'm not her judge, but it seems wrong for me to attend a wedding I don't believe in or support. Any help in this would be appreciated. Yeah, this is a difficult question, and I know that a lot of people have asked this question um, before. Uh, we've had it here on the show. Um, I'll tell you what I think about it, but um, I know that there might be some of you who disagree with me, but here's here's my take on this. You have to make a decision um, as to what your presence or your absence will communicate. So what your presence or your absence will communicate. What you don't want to do is to give the impression that you're affirming that uh, lifestyle choice, because obviously you don't. Um, and so you want to make it clear that you don't affirm that, but yet you also want to make it clear that you love that person and you want to keep lines of communication open, right? Because how do we treat people who don't share our beliefs? As Christians, our Bibles, they teach us to treat people who don't share our beliefs with the heart of God, which is a heart of uh, patience. It's a heart of kindness. And it is a heart uh, that is a missionary heart, right? And so we want to build bridges. And with people who aren't Christians, we aren't surprised or shocked when they don't act like Christians, especially if they don't claim to be a Christian. And so if your cousin doesn't claim to be a Christian and you believe that your absence at her wedding would perhaps burn a bridge um, of communication that you have with her through which you know that bridge might be used at some point for you to uh, reach out to her and, and share the gospel with her, then I would say I think that if you can do that and somehow not compromise the fact that you're not affirming uh, her lifestyle choice, then I think that you can attend. If, on the other hand, you feel that your presence at the wedding would communicate that um, you're affirming that, uh, or if, let's say, you if you think that you can not attend the wedding and still keep lines of communication open, with your cousin, uh, then I would say don't go. So I realize I'm not giving you, I'm not telling you what to do. I don't want to tell you what to do. I just want to give you the things to pray through and talk about. So I want to encourage you to pray about it. But uh, I think there can be a situation in which the right thing to do is to not go. And I think there can be a situation in which the right thing to do would be to maybe go. So let me pray for you to have wisdom in that situation. Uh, Heavenly Father, I pray for this um, person who texted in, and I pray, Lord, just give them wisdom. You know, your word says in James chapter 1, if anyone lacks wisdom, let them ask for it, and you will give freely to those who ask. Um, Lord, we know that it, it delights your heart when we come to you as your kids and we ask you for help. And so that's what we're doing. And I know that as you hear this request for... Um, for wisdom, Lord, that you would, uh, you, you delight in hearing this request. You delight in your kids reaching out to you and asking for direction. So, Lord, we just pray for direction 
in this uh, for this texture and we pray that you'd show her what to do um, help her lord to help us all to navigate that uh, sometimes very difficult road between um, between loving someone and affirming what they're doing when what they're doing is sinful so lord help us we need wisdom to know how to do that not just in situations like this one there's such hot button issues but also in in just every everyday situations of our lives so we pray that in jesus name amen amen uh let's go to our next caller you're listening to calvary live the number to call by the way is 303-690-3000 let's go to our next caller michael in centennial colorado hi michael hello Pat. hello hey i heard you say you just got back from israel it was about three weeks ago three weeks ago well well i just got back saturday awesome what was what took you there Oh, so I went there with a group. So I led a group, co-led a group from our church here in Longmont, Whitefields Community Church. And we teamed up with Calvary Chapel Brighton and myself and Pastor Paul. We split the teaching between the two of us, uh, 50-50. And um, it was great. It was my first time in Israel. We brought some folks from our church. There were some folks from Calvary in Brighton. And um, we went to Israel. We traveled around. You know, it was like nine very busy days, as I'm sure maybe for you too. And uh, we saw a lot of things. And, man, I got to tell you, for me, it was it was something that really strengthened my faith. Uh, I don't particularly feel that my faith was weak going over there. But I feel like, man, it's so much, uh, in a way, stronger because here's here's why I think going to Israel is really important for Christians, because like what we're talking about today on on um, Good Friday and what we're talking about yeah. with Easter Sunday, these are historical events that either happened or they didn't, and they happen in real places, real time. And what's really important, you know, as we go over to Israel, is that we're we're seeing the archaeology, we're seeing the real places where this took place, and um, and it's really important for us to see the proof that Jesus was crucified according to the scriptures, that Jesus did rise again from the dead just as he promised he would. These are the proofs that back up our beliefs so that we know that our beliefs aren't just, uh, you know, uh, fairy tales. You're absolutely right. I agree with you. We, um, I, my wife and I went with a group from our church <clears throat> And there were 47 of us all together, and we hiked and climbed around 70 miles. Wow. And went to places that tours don't take you to. And it was, like you said, it's a life-changing event that... I am so blessed that we went. Yeah. What was particularly good for you, Michael? What was your favorite thing? Uh, probably Masada. Really? Because, yes. yeah, for me, and, Masada didn't do anything because it's not a biblical site. Well, I love archaeology, too. Um, another site was, would be... Um, the Mount of Olives, as yeah. you were just talking about. Yeah, how about I, I that Garden of Gethsemane? Your, your 
um, called guy was talking about it, but um, the Mount of Olives and the Garden Tomb and um, Golgotha. Yeah, for me, seeing and, that and rock those, those at Golgotha. Yeah, seeing that rock at Golgotha was, uh, for me, maybe one of the highlights of my whole life. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Like, seeing yeah. that, I, I literally, like, had to go back and look at it again. And, um, you know, at risk of sounding like a uh, guy who cries, because I am sometimes, <laughs> I, I literally broke down, like, uh, and I couldn't, I couldn't take it, you know, just emotionally. Um, everything in my life, you know, centers around that place. And, yes. uh, and, and I mean, even now, that, it's just, yeah. You get to that spot, and you can't help but feel that way and imagine Christ hanging on the cross right there. Yeah, I mean, the whole of the universe, like, in a way, centers on that place and uh, where he died and changed everything forever. And, and you know, the Mount of Olives, that's where Jesus will return to. It's amazing yes. to to stand yes, in that place. Indeed. It's amazing to go to the Garden of Gethsemane where he prayed and sweat blood and collapsed and to realize that some of those trees that are in that garden uh, were already there. We're, they were there. They've been there for over 2,000 years. Yeah, that one they estimated 3,000 years. So, yeah, I mean, one really uh, gnarly one. Yeah. Hey, you know, that's what I was telling. I told my church when I got back, I said, look, um, you know, I always thought it would be cool to go to Israel, see some of these places for myself that I'm always reading about. But I, it was way more impactful than I expected it to be um, on me personally, on my faith, uh, in, in every way. Because, you know, we're dealing with, we're not dealing with fairy tales. We're dealing, anybody can make up a story. But these are these are real people, places, things. This happened in real time on particular days, and you can go there and you can see it for yourself. And um, <clears throat> I, I really think that every every person who has the opportunity should uh, try and make it a priority to to get over there at some point. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Awesome. God bless you. I'm glad you went, and I'm glad I went, and. Be blessed. Awesome. Hey, thanks for the call. God bless you. You are listening to Calvary Live. We've got four minutes left in the program, and uh, then we're going to say goodbye. So i got a couple things I want to do. One is I want to answer this text question, and that is this. Um, this person said, What happened to unbelievers during the Old Testament time who lived outside of Israel and did not get the chance to know about the true and living God? Well, I think this gets to a question of really... Um, well, I think the answer is this. See, justice is getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve, right? Get, not getting the punishment you deserve. Um, and grace is getting what you don't deserve, right, as a gift. So the thing about judgment is that judgment is exactly what we deserve. And so if God were to give us what we deserve, it wouldn't be unfair of him. It would be completely just. And what we deserve is judgment. God in his mercy ha has offered mercy to those who trust and believe. And um, I think that there were probably a lot of un uh, people outside of Israel who were drawn into Israel more than we know about. Um, 
because that was one of the goals of the Israeli nation, right? The Israelite nation was to be a light to the nations and people who did put their trust in God. However, um, if people outside of Israel um, got what they deserved, so to say, that would not be unfair. And I, I think that sometimes we assume that grace is is uh, given, is something that's deserved, uh, by all people, and it's really not. It is a gift, and we should be so thankful for it when we get it. But like any gift, it's not something that is owed to anyone. And um, that might be a sobering thought, and I, I think maybe it should be. It maybe it should be a thought that moves us in our hearts towards praise and thanksgiving for us who have received God's grace and mercy. And for those of us who haven't, it should be uh, something which drives us to say, um, I need to put down my yes. I need to step over that line by faith and receive God's grace, that free gift of grace. I need to receive it by faith by putting my trust in the gospel and embracing what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross. We've reached the end of our program. Hey, one last thing I'll tell you about. Um, CalvaryChapel.com. They post some articles. I posted an article on there today. Go check it out. It's called The King's Crown. And here's my point that uh, in this article I wrote for CalvaryChapel.com. It's on there today. Is that Jesus wore a crown of thorns on Good Friday. Why did he wear that crown of thorns? Well, Genesis tells us that thorns are a sign of the curse of sin and death. And what the crown of thorns symbolizes is that our curse was placed upon Jesus so that we could receive life. I'll leave you with that thought on this Good Friday. God bless you. And... Uh, he is risen. Looking forward to celebrating Easter and uh, hoping you have a great place to celebrate this weekend. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.